Hey guys, welcome back to Missing Out Mondays. I'm Tari J. I'm Lex Michael. And what we do is we tell you what we're into. Start your week off right. Lex Michael, what are you into? All right, so uh, as you probably know, if you're not living under a boulder somewhere, uh, the final season of Game of Thrones premieres in April. So being that I was looking for an excuse to rewatch and my girlfriend had never seen it past the first couple of episodes, we have been binging the entire thing. As of this recording, we have one episode left, the finale of season seven, which we would have gotten to last night, except the thing's about an hour and a half long. Right. I am having a different experience with this show in a binge than I had with it before, which stands to reason. Yeah. But I had seen the first four seasons a couple of times, and then... From season five on, I only watched it as it was airing and week to week. And then once a season ends, year to year. Yeah. So I was not really retaining and tracking as much as you need to, to really get, uh, to, to feel any of the payoffs from season five on. Right. The other thing I remembered, and I think a lot of people would agree, season five, Four, but the whole okay, the whole show, first four seasons, feels like a constant build yeah. up until the finale of season four. Season five feels like a big come down, and we lose that sense of momentum, and it starts to feel like a lot of wheel spinning mm-hmm. and artificially elongating storylines. My assumption is because season five is the last season where they had the books to work off of. Yeah, they had to wheel spin a little bit because it's like, yo, homeboy, are you gonna? finish are you gonna let us know where the story's going because if we don't know where this story's going we just have to tread a little bit of water yeah and that extends into season six it really killed the momentum of the show for me while i was watching it so much so that even though i kept up with the show my interest my my level of uh, how much i could care or be invested dropped precipitously yeah to the extent that not having gone back and revisited it uh, since then while watching it while watching season six season seven as it was airing i felt like i didn't care like i i was impressed by the spectacle yeah but i felt like i didn't care whereas now the feeling of momentum the the feeling of the loss of momentum is far less egregious feeling when you're playing it in a binge the the plot lines that don't work you're getting through them a lot faster the the there are big events season five even though it feels like we're mostly treading water they off a bunch of characters that season yeah and a lot of those moments are payoffs that are largely dependent on you tracking specific relatively minor characters sometimes only by their face Mm-hmm. And that can be tricky if you're watching week to week and year to year and not going back and brushing up. Yeah. So now watching it in a binge, I actually get the impact of these moments and it makes it feel a little bit more like, yes, this is still a continuation of the same story as opposed to things are a little bit disjointed and, and inert. Yeah. Weirdly, season five feels like they were trying intentionally to conserve budget. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's just because they weren't sure where the story was going to go. Right. And it feels that way a little bit less in the bulk of season six, but it still feels a little bit like we're holding back because we're figuring out our end game. Right. End of season, specifically with the penultimate episode of season six, Battle of the Bastards, it feels very much like, okay, we talked to George R.R. R. Martin and we pounded something out. 
that presumably, <laughs> ha ha ha, that presumably they're in agreement on. We have our end game. Now, not only are we confidently, boldly, and with a great deal of momentum hurtling towards that end game, suddenly it's like we have all of the money. Right. All of it. Because that episode to the most recent episode, they all feel so damn expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, they, it's really, it really feels like all of the budget we've been conserving, we're using all of that and what, HBO? You know that this is a massive cultural juggernaut and it's going to end soon, so you're going to give us the rest of the money that there is in the world? <laughs> Dope. Um, and that's the experience I'm having, and I'm having, it, it feels so much more complete so so far complete is the wrong word because it's not done yet right but it feels so much more cohesive cohesive that's the perfect word of a whole with itself than it ever has for me before and i have a couple of friends who yeah in the lull season five and a lot of season six they pretty much fell off because they felt like it just wasn't holding them week to week and their level of investment dropped precipitously. Yeah. And I'm going to some of these friends being like, look, if you have any intention of watching the last season, it is well worth going back because the problem seems so much less egregious in a binge Mm. and I'm having a real good time watching the show. So that's, that's what I have been doing. My, most of my watch time at night, has been devoted to like we'll do a slow night is two we've been slamming through like an average of three sometimes four a night so i i assumed we'd be watching this at least through the rest of this month but we're we've got one left and we're totally caught up nice um so my big issue with season seven is just how fast they're hurtling towards the ending yes do you still feel that in a binge or do you feel it more or do you feel it less it feels less egregious okay but we were talking about how you know in seasons past somebody would get on a boat and be like we're going to i don't know dorn by the end of the season maybe they've made it there right whereas uh i think the first episode of season seven uh daenerys is like we have to Spoilers, I guess. Sorry. Uh, Three, if you haven't watched it, three, two, one, as if you care about spoilers if you're not watching the thing already. Uh, Daenerys is like, we're going to send a raven, we're going to summon Jon Snow, and he'll come bend the knee or whatever. Next scene, cut right to, he's got the scroll, he's reading it, and they're talking about it. Where, yeah, that raven would have taken at least six episodes in seasons past to get there. It feels, honestly, it feels refreshing. (laughs) <laughs> if anything. No, it really does. Even getting through the the lull and the stuff that feels a little bit inert and wheel spinny, even getting through it in a binge. Yeah. It's a big old breath of fresh air when it's suddenly like, oh, we're we're going now. Right. Good. Like, this is better. This is more exciting. We're still getting all the character moments. Um, but it it works for me. And it feels watching them as they aired, it felt jarring. Yeah. But it fe- um it feels like a breath of fresh air for me watching okay. it this time. Cool. Um, so, guys, I'm into Jump Force, yeah. the new game for the PS4, um, created as a 50-year anniversary for Shonen Jump. Shonen Jump, if you don't know, is a weekly published magazine filled with a bunch of different issues of mangas. So it's like it's like how if you read comic books, um, it's like they 
publish uh what are the what are the trades the, like where it's a bunch of different volumes of different comics all stitched together i don't that just sounds like you're talking about a trade paperback i'm not really sure what you're referring yeah, to that thing. okay it's a trade so every month trade paperback um of all these different and so they had their they have their big three which is um naruto uh Dragon Ball and One Piece. Only one of those big three is still going, which is One Piece. But in their 50-year anniversary, they released this game, which is a uh, a straight-up fighter. Um, you play as a team of three, but you all share the same health bar. Um, and essentially, that sounds stressful. Oh, it is. That sounds like a recipe for fights. It's amazing, and not in-game fights, out-of-game <laughs> fights. Um, it's awesome. It. Um, the it uses the unreal engine and so like all of the scenery is pretty um i think the biggest criticism that most people give it is that the story mode isn't as like custom and uh engaging as people want it to be uh and i think it's because they're comparing it to dragon ball fighters um which had a very big cohesive uh, story mode, which had a, a, a custom storyline and custom bad guy, and had character interactions that you really got to enjoy. Um, whereas this one, it's a fighting game, yo. Like they they were like fighting game first, story mode, whatever. Mm. And so, um, like some of the dialogue cutscenes are just like text on the so it's like piccolo says this and your character says this um which i i don't mind at all um because everything is just a foray or a a a way of getting you to punch someone in the face so like how you get me there whatever preamble you need to do whether i'm standing next to goku and naruto at the same time and they're like okay, let's go punch this guy in the face. And you're like, sweet, I get to deck this dude in the snaz. Um, <laughs> then I'm fine. Um, but I guess people really wanted it to be this like crazy interactive thing where Roni Kenshin is talking to Zoro from from uh, One Piece and he's like, you like swords? And Zoro's like, I got three swords, bitch. Um, I, I think that's what people wanted. Okay. Um, and it's not that because you're licensing so many different properties. Right. Some of them that have been done for years. So like a lot of the creatives are, are on other projects or some of them are dead. Um, so like, you're not going to get this thing where you have um, like this cohesive storytelling between all these different properties because it's a licensing nightmare as it is. Right. So uh, you're lucky you even got it in the first place. Enjoy the amazing stylistic fights and enjoy getting to tag in um, all these people from all these different franchises because it's fucking dope. Get over yourself. <laughs> um, so that's what I'm into this week. All right. I'm probably going to play it as soon as we stop uh, recording this show. Okay. Because I love it. That's legit. Yeah. Um, Isn't it nuts, too, that like and you see this with people who complain about what they would have done differently in comic book movies and whatnot all the time. Yeah. A decade ago, right? I would imagine that this is probably no different. People would have been desperately clamoring for something like that. Mm-hmm. And now we're so inundated with with media that that seems so individually catered to us that we feel, in, and there's so much of all of the things we were once starved for, that we now feel entitled to bitch when it's not exactly what we wanted. Right. Isn't that right. silly? I think it's silly. So... 
Um, back in 2007-2008, there was a game that was kind of like this. Limited, a lot limited-er, more limited titles. Limited-er. Yeah, limited-er titles. Um, where the fuck were you guys when that came out? Where were you when they were like, yo, we, Sony, want to come out with our own version of Smash, but with Shonen Jump characters? Where the fuck were you then? Right. We could be on our sixth Shonen Jump Smash Brothers, uh-huh. but you motherfuckers didn't come out, didn't try, and now we got this, which is awesome, but you're still complaining. Mm-hmm. Yo, get over yourself. Get your head out your ass and enjoy the game. Right? Isn't it better that you have this than nothing? And yeah. isn't it isn't it probable that you're more likely to get the thing you do want if this one does well? Right. Mm? No. Mm. No. They'd mm-hmm. rather keep their fucking dicks in their hands and their complaining muscles going. That's that. Yep. That's that's what they call them. Yep. That's go home and play <laughs> with my complaining muscle. Yep. <laughs> Um, guys, what are you into? Um, you know, you can let us know at the regular place, Missing Outcast, M-I-S-S-I-N-G-O-U-T-C-A-S-T. Um, that's on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, the Instagram is relatively new, so please go and give it some, some love. If you have an Instagram, follow us. We, uh, post different things. We post, like, what we talked about. We post, uh, stuff about our guests. Um, I'm going to be a little bit better about posting when I'm out doing things in the world yeah um so you're missing out on this tree yeah uh so go on there and and follow it as we grow it and and keep it going let us know what you might want to see on there like if you're like yo i miss those times where you're just like hanging out together then i'm like all right cool we'll include that as well um so yeah uh let us know what you want and we'll give it to you don't don't be those complainy people who uh uh, just complain when something isn't the way they want it to be. Let us know and we'll do it, yo. Mm. Unless it's weird and gratuitous, then I don't I have morals, bro. Um, everything's negotiable. Okay. So the 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 other thing too is is we want to hear from you guys just to hear from you guys because we know we know you're out there. We we know we know you're listening, and a lot of you give us very nice ratings. Yeah, which we appreciate, but we don't know who you are, and we want to know we want to know you. So, so say something. It's not even, man, like when I say leave a positive review, yeah, it's partially because it helps boost our show, but it's also because sincerely we want to, we want to know more about what you guys are into and what you guys like and what you guys might want to hear us talk about, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So let us know, make, make, share your passions, make your, make your voice heard, own, own who you are and own your voice and talk to two guys on a podcast that you maybe kind of like because that's that's self-ownership hell right yeah there. that's all it, that's the definition you right. the reason you were never able to fully own your identity is because we hadn't started the show mm-hmm. you know but now that it's here for you i don't know leave us a nice review or something yeah i would say that like you know the one thing i personally feel i'm missing out on on the show is hearing your voice and hearing being able to represent you guys the fans and being able to participate in the things that you're passionate about. You hear about stuff that we love every week, um, but we want to hear about stuff that you love so that it can help build us as people. You know our fucking spiel. Um, but uh, in the meantime, Lex, where can they find you? I am on Twitter and Instagram at the Lex Michael. Awesome. And I'm at Tari J, T-U-R-I-J-A-Y on Instagram and Twitter. Um, and as you know, if you want to reach out to us, 
with your vocal cords, uh, you can hit us up on the Missing Out hotline. That is 978-MISS-OUT. That's 978-M-I-S-S-O-U-T. And tomorrow we're going to be talking about the 1931 Fritz Long joint known as M. Uh, So really... Uh, so tune in for that. It should be really fun. It should be a great conversation. Uh, this is the oldest thing that we've talked about, so that'll be really interesting too. Um, so we get to go back in my day because uh, it's cool. That's what all the cool people do. That's what the kids are into. Hell yeah! 1931 German expressionism. <laughs> yep. Uh, so we will see you tomorrow. Bye.